Yeah. So I got my boat tie on, yeah I could be chillin' now So I got my dad hat on, yeah Wow, wow I could be chillin' now So I got my dad hat on, yeah I could be suitin' up So I got my bow tie on, yeah Dad hats and bow ties Dad hats and bow Dad hats and bow ties Dad hats and bow I could be suitin' up so I got my bow tie on, yeah. I could be chillin' now. So I got my dad hat on, yeah. Dad hats and bow ties, dad hats and bow. Dad hats and bow ties, dad hats and bow ties. Ladies and gentlemen, we lost another one, so you know we gotta start it off right. Go. Stop what you're doing, cause I'm about to ruin the image and the style that you're used to. I look funny, but yo, I'm making money. See, uh -huh. so yo, world, I mm -hmm. hope you're ready for me. Now gather round. I'm the new fool in town, and my sound's laid down by the underground. Yes, sir. I'm a ball of Hennessy you got on your shelf. So just let me introduce myself. My name is Humpty. Hey, Humpty. Yo, ladies, oh, how I like to funk thee. And all the rappers in this the nigga talking about the next. Whoa, I, I'm going to fuck him up. Another one lost, man. Shock G, bro. Before we even get into this episode, how do you feel about the loss of Shock G, bro? You know, Shock G, you know, when he was coming out with the digital underground. You know, it was definitely a little bit before our time, but just right there, you know, we was like youngins coming up, still kind of new to like what this hip hop thing was. He just he just always had fun with his music, bro. Like he just he always had fun. And Shock G was a real positive dude. Like I don't think a lot of he was a real positive dude. Like very like, you know, not you never really heard his name in no drama. Um, he liked to dance, he liked to have fun, you know what I mean? Um he had that joint in his nose. Like, he, you know what I mean? Wore his hair natural. Like, he he, he just had fun with the music, man. He, I think he allowed the music to hit him instead of him trying to hit the music. Like, he 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 just let the music tell him what to do, and then he just kind of ran with it. Um, and, you know, it's definitely dope to, to, to play this record, too, because you kind of just get a little nostalgia, you know, you kind of be a little reminiscent. Like, as soon as you played it, I'm thinking of Tupac in the background doing a dance with him, and it's, it's man, it's another one, man. <sighs> Hip-hop, man, what is happening to us, man? Like, this is the third death in the third week consecutively. This is crazy, bro. This is wild. Nah, this is. I don't know what's going on, bro. This is really, really. R.I.P. to Shock G, man. It's really nuts. I mean, it's like watching the lineage of hip hop just disintegrate right in front of our eyes. Like, for those who don't know, I'm sure a lot of us do at this point because it's been highlighted several times. But if there was no Shock G, we may not have a Tupac. This is a crazy fact, bro. And you would never for associate real. the two of them just off of rip. But 
they are connected in this hip hop woven quilt that we all wrap ourselves in every single Big day. Facts. And that was the first thing that kind of just came to mind to me was like, yo, we're really losing the pieces of the puzzle that tell us what the old guard is associated with the new guard and the different branches of hip hop that exist. And it just was sad. I remember the Humpty Dance and that song like coming up, growing up as a kid. And Shock G was just one of those rappers and artists that maybe some saw it to be a little gimmicky, but also right, right. was being himself. And it was like, that, that, that's it. How can you put on this goofy persona and still make hit records? Like, he knew what he was doing in that in that sense. Shock and, definitely had a couple of hit records, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Digital Underground is obviously one of the staples in the beginning of hip hop. So correct. Another one gone, like you said, bro. Rest in peace. Um, but yeah. we here with another episode of Dad had some bow ties. So let's throw ourselves a little bit of a round of applause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the world's most dangerous podcast. Dad has some bow ties. Follow us on all streaming platforms. It is the Kid XAB. It's your man, Distinguished the God. D-Flo couldn't be with us this evening. He's handling some uh, business. He got some business to attend to. You know, we, you know, outside of the podcast, we businessmen. So big shout out to D-Flo for handling his business. You heard? Oh, and that that reminds me. I also have some business to run by you. We got a okay. couple of hits on, on that uh, situation that I told you about. So. We, oh, beautiful. Lit, lit, yeah, lit. We, God is good. We're going to talk the off The greatest. Um, any all-man moment, though? Uh, man, I have two all-man moments. One of them is probably going to be... It's probably going to be the craziest all-man I ever <laughs> talked about on this show. You had show. some crazy-ass all-mans. I don't know. I don't know. I'm a little concerned. <laughs> you should be, bro, because this one, this one was actually life or death. Oh, shit. Um, to be honest, yeah. So, the first all-man, I'm actually doing them in reverse. The first all-man is actually something that happened today, which kind of lets me know the climate that we're in. Um, We're not happy, bro. With like, a, a lot of us are, are not happy. Uh, I was on the Q40 bus this morning. I take a bus to the train station to get to work every day. And long story short, um, this dude, homeless dude, walks in the middle of the street and almost allows the bus driver to hit him. The but I never seen the bus screech. Yo, we all flew. Some I think two people flew to the floor on the bus. Damn, because the bus driver did not want to hit the guy. That was the yo, bro. This happened like at six forty something in the morning. I was the sun wasn't even fully out. I was like, "Yo!" And then he he got up. The dude that was trying to get hit by the bus walked to the bus driver, and you could tell that there's something wrong with him. He said, "You know, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." And one person on the bus was like, "You should have just hit him." I was like, "Wow!" Oh, they wilding. We yo, we live in a yo, we live in a world where it's like the lady was like, "Yeah." about to make me be late for work. I was like, yo, is that what the is that what the fuck we've come to? Is that, is what, that what we've really come to? That's what we That's concerned insane. about. That's insane. Um so that was that and then 
<sighs> this second all man really is 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 the one man. Um, so uh, last week, um, I indulged in a 420 event. Um, shout out to my guy Dizzy Brown. He put on an amazing 420 event. Um, it felt good to perform back in New York City. It's been a minute. Um, it's been a real hot minute to just be with you know people and seeing other artists perform. It was 14. It was a it, it was a dope feeling, mm. bro. I was extra happy. I think this is one of the first times I'm in a new relationship and I'm out and about and I'm actually in a public space where there's a whole bunch of people. So you know, seeing me in that light and it was dope. Um, and right, right, right. It was just fucking weed everywhere. It's just brownies and fucking reefers. It was just <laughs> so much weed everywhere, bro. And I'm fucking buying from this table, that table. I'm drinking this drink, that drink. And it was, it was lit. And I get home and I go to sleep, tired as hell. I wake up two o'clock in the morning and my heart is beating out of my chest. And I'm trying to tell mm. myself it's nothing, you know, you just, you kind of, you kind of got out of the bed too fast. And really, I'm like, nah, like my heart is beating real crazy. Like it's never beat that fast before. And I low-key start to panic. Like I'm telling myself, I right, just, you know, calm down, D. Which is going to make breathe. it worse. And as I'm talking to myself in my head, my heart is beating even more. So I call 911, bro. I call 911. Yeah, bro. I call 911. And the first people that came on the scene was the fire department. And he said, how do you feel? And I said, I feel like my heart is beating out of my chest. And I was outside. And he said, do you feel like you're cold? And I was like, I feel like I'm hot and I'm cold. He said, but do you feel this weather out here? And I said, nah. He said, oh, that's not good. Mm -hmm. And he said, so you feel like you're a hot thing inside of a freezer, but you don't feel the hot or the cold. And I said, Ali, I'm like in the middle. And right after the fire department, then the ambulance came. And the ambulance came. I got in the back of the ambulance. My heart rate went from 128 to 134 to 147 to 152, to 169, to 174, to 178. The EMT person was like, Mr. Gray, if you don't calm down, this is going to be a very long night for you. I felt like I was losing my mind, bro. Mm. I couldn't count. I couldn't fucking breathe. Yo, bro, I felt like I was dying in the back of the van, bro. Yeah, you think I it think it was one of the things you bought. Shit, Nettie said she think my shit was laced. It could have been, bro. Could have been. I could not count from ten to one. I that's wow. Could not pick up a water bottle. I never, ever got that way before. He was like, have you smoked weed before? And I was like, yeah. 
And he was like, and this never happened. I said, nah. And I was like, to be honest, it wasn't just weed there. It was, it was fucking brownies there. It was cupcakes. Shit was infused. And I think it was one of the infused items mm-hmm. that, that I had, to be honest, because I done smoked weed before several occasions because I, I, don't, I don't consider myself a heavy weed smoker. I really smoke on occasion, but that was what Have it was. Had That's the word I was trying to remember. I've had edibles before, but I've never had an edible do what that one did. And I remember the edible I took. The edible I took was a soup. Have you ever had no. that much edible nah. before? Nah, and because of okay. that near-death experience, I will never touch an edible again. Like, I know people joke about it and say, yo, I'm just... Nah, like, for my listeners, on God, on my grandmother's grave, yo, those edibles, nothing to fuck with, bro. Like, that ass, like... I was in the back of the EMT van and I literally started crying and I thought I was going to die, bro. Like, I really thought I really thought I was going to die. Like, no bullshit. I thought I, thought I was going to die. And that shit was, like, I, I just kept thinking about my life. Like, I was like, yo, I'm in a good space right now. Like, I was like, there's so much good stuff happening. And he, and he was like, you know, like, I get it. And he was trying to talk to me and I literally felt my life slipping as I'm talking to him. And I was like, nah, this can't be how my story ends. Like, this can't be how my story ends. And he was like, calm down. And I started, like, getting a little loud. And then my heart rate was going up to, like, 180. He was like, Mr. Gray, please calm down. Like, he was trying to talk me through it like a therapist. And that shit wasn't working, bro. Like, I was getting paranoid. And I felt like I was trying to, like, Yo, I fucking started singing Drake in the back just to calm myself down. And he was like, do you hear yourself singing? And I was like, yeah, but I don't see that. I don't see my heart rate going down. So then they would speed into the emergency room, got to the emergency room, put me in a wheelchair. I couldn't walk because I, I felt like I, I didn't remember how to walk. He was like, you're overthinking this. He was like, you just need to calm down. They put me on the gurney, got into the emergency room officially. The lady started taking my temperature. She told me to take my shirt off. I was putting my shirt on. My shirt was already on. Yo, it was crazy. She took my blood, uh, you know, pulse and all of that and sugar levels. Everything was good. And he was like, yo, it was all in your head. And as I'm trying to, like, I wasn't trying to be combative, but they told me I was combative. Um, and before you knew it, I went to sleep. I woke up. And they was like, all right, cool. Um, you know, your levels went back to normal. They did discharge papers. I was in the hospital for five and a half hours. When I woke up, it was 7.07. I had to call out of work. Bro, that shit was one of the most traumatic experiences I think I've ever been through in my life. And it's crazy because I thought about three things. I thought about when you was in the hospital. I thought about when Sadiq was in the hospital and then he ended up unfortunately not waking out of that coma. And then I thought about, like, I thought about Nettie, but, like, I thought about all of those things. And it's crazy how, like, for me, those were the things that I was fucking holding on to. I was like, these are the things that's going to get me out of this shit. I can't die like this. 
I got so much shit to live for. I can't die like this. I don't want my story. Mm-hmm. The story of Distinguished to be he died from an edible? Yo, honestly, bro, that shit would be... If I wasn't me and I was listening to that story, I'd be like, this nigga's an idiot. This nigga fucked his whole shit up over an edible at the same mm-hmm. time. Then that nigga probably really didn't know how strong that edible was. And to think you could just go like that, like I felt myself seeing a white light. And I was telling the guy, I was like, I was like yo, I'm seeing a white light. He was like, no, you're not seeing a white light. I was like... Yo, I'm seeing a white light. Like, that shit was crazy traumatic, bro. That shit happened last week, Wednesday, bro. I was like, I can't even tell my guy this. I got I to gotta, I gotta do this on a podcast for the listeners. I want y'all to get this shit when, when everybody getting this shit, man. I was like, I don't want to post about it. I don't want to. Nigga, I'm just so happy to be alive, bro. I'm going to lie to you. I mean, thank God. I mean, I wish I would have known ahead of time, but. It definitely sounds like one of two things. It sound, with edibles, that is all about... Edibles are very potent. Like, you got to take them very slowly. So it could have been that. But based off of what you're saying, it sounds like there might have been something else in one of those edibles that you had. Like, the fact that, like, you felt so out of it. I mean, again... Bro, that, I was out of it, bro. Yeah, he was that, telling me to do simple shit. I couldn't do it. I mean, and it could have been... they the, started to get frustrated. Yeah, I mean, it could have been the edible. It could, you know, just just the the edible itself, like and being infused and all of that. Like you could have just had way too much of it, and it was just slowing down your mental capacity. Um, but it also sounds like back in the in the day when they had that K two outbreak in New York City, and niggas look like zombies out here, fucking Yo. all over the floor and flipping around, and when niggas was getting laced with the K two. So, you know, I'm just glad that That's a fact. it wore off and there was nothing permanent because sometimes you get a laced, something laced and it fucks you up for good. And, and that that's what I was worried about. Like, it's it's so it's so crazy to, like, be a little self-centered when shit like that is happening. Like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. One of the first things I thought about, I was like, wait, I'm not going to be able to perform? That's one of the first mm. things I thought about. I don't know if that's a selfish thing or I was like, wait, wait, wait. I'm not going to be able to perform? Well, that's one of the first things I was, because I was like, wait, what if this shit makes me lose my memory? Mm. I was like, oh, man. And, and that's what was giving me anxiety even more because I was trying to remember something. And then every time he was telling me to do something, I kept forgetting what he told me to do because I couldn't do it. Yeah. He was telling me to count backwards from 10, bro. I couldn't do this shit. Yeah. That shit was fucking me up. I was like, I feel like I'm losing my mind. He was like, if you keep thinking that way, you might lose your mind. That's true, man. That that shit was scary, bro. I mean, the, the mind is powerful in that capacity as well. If you, if you lean too much into something, you could get lost in it. So just glad that it, it worked out the way. Um, it did where you know you feel like you're back to yourself and everything is good. That's yeah, that's bro. a scary traumatic experience for sure. Like for sure. Um, yeah, man. So that's my that's that's that you know you know that's the craziest all man moment I'd have never had that. Yeah, that's up there. That's a that's that's Shh. definitely up there as an all man moment for sure. Shit. Man. Um, my all man moments are a little lighter than that. 
<laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but um, so the first one is now I've opened up a lot more about my dating life on this podcast. So yes, you have in recent years. Yes, the fuck you have. I'm gonna continue the trend. Okay. Now I spoke about this before. When the young lady, what was her name? No, I'm not doing that. But <laughs> oh, wait, you, you said I thought you said we we're in a we're in a different space now. You, yeah, I'm gonna stay get, in this space right here without names. But uh, I spoke about on this podcast when you're dating someone and you can kind of tell they're not really into you. There's something else that is making them kind of yes. Yeah, yeah, you know, deal with you on whatever level. They're trying to either distract themselves or maybe they're just passing the time. Whatever have you. So, the person that I associated that to, pretty much in my opinion, showed their true colors over the last week um, as they've been just acting real all over the place, wishy-washy, distant, whatever you mm. want to call it. And I'm looking at it and I'm just like, I'm getting, I guess this is like the more self-centered way of looking at it, but I'm like, I'm getting really good at just knowing when someone is in a space where they're just not, like, I just know not to take certain people seriously. And that is, that is, a, <laughs> that sounds crazy, but I think that's That important. sounds mad crazy, bro. A lot of us, I think we need, we need to kind of, we need to kind of do that. Know when not to take somebody seriously because they're not really taking you seriously. And I think sometimes what ends up oh, happening yeah. big, big facts. is people take others seriously that aren't taking them seriously. And they, they ignore all the warning signs and they get invested and then like they get heartbroken. And, and that's probably more in the dating field than it is in like a relationship field. But like right. not, not once you solidified a relationship with somebody, but um, in the dating field, and that, and that's kind of how I felt. I'm like I'm seeing this person, and they coming off real, real strong in the beginning. They want to talk to you all the time, and this, that, and the third. And I'm like, but we've been down this road before a little bit, and then you disappeared. And I'm mm. I just have to say, this might fuck up some of my listenership, but y'all Scorpios do this shit way too much. <laughs> Uh, Scorpios love to disappear Damn. and then come back like nothing ever happened. And that's the all nigga I'm gonna came say on that. My whole fucking moon sign, <laughs> y'all. My whole moon sign, the nigga came back. Damn. That's all I'm gonna say about that. My second, I'm gonna I- say one thing. Scor- Scorpios are very random, bro. They are. You, son. you, you, you know that. We, Scorpio, Scorpios are some of the most random fucking motherfuckers I've ever come across. Them. Uh, uh. My first real girlfriend was a Scorpio. Uh, what the fuck? And, and did I ever tell you how that ended? I think she. Uh. Uh, what the fuck? I think she ended. I the think sh- you Gucci. I think it's fine. I think she ended the shit. <laughs> I think she ended. The- she she might have. Okay, there we go. No, you haven't told me how. What what, what happened? Well, how did it end? <laughs> I got to tell y'all the whole relationship. So my first girlfriend was my best, one of my best friend's sister. And. Oh, damn. He was an artist. Like me and him connected through art. We like, we both drew. He was a way better drawer and painter than I was. But um, I would say like he was an eight and I was like a six. 
or something like that. Okay. So we all connected. It was me, him, and another friend, and we all connected through drawing and things right. like that. His sister was gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous, um, and she was drawn to me. I guess we hung out a couple times because I was with her brother, and like she loved my personality, whatever. Mm-hmm. We dated, I think, we 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 linked up and like we're cool for months. And then we dated and cause she was dating actually one of my friends at the time. Um so I wasn't oh, even damn. looking at I wasn't even looking at her like that. Um you I wasn't think, even looking at the bro code like that neither, nigga. Nah, I was looking at the bro code because I wasn't looking at oh, her. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't okay. paying her no type of mind, no type of attention. I hit my boy up and told my boy before me and her dated. So I did Take heed to the bro code. So you did take heed to the bro code. Okay, my man. With the bro code. I, I, I was like, yo, it looks like she's into me. How you feel about that? He's like, man, we only dated for a little bit. I don't care about that. I said, all right, cool. Damn. Cool, nigga. <laughs> he Another was already, man's trash, next man jewels, nigga. He was in his own relationship at the time, and I think that was like one of his most serious high school relationships. Um, I don't oh, think wow, he really okay. took Shorty that seriously. I think he kind of, she just was bad. Like, her body was crazy. Um. Right. Everything was crazy. So me and her dated for a little bit for like two weeks. And it oh, was wow. okay. like a whole bunch of our art and philosophy and this and that. Oh, oh. And one day she's like, meet me at the Coney Island boardwalk. And I okay. said, all right, cool. Let's, let's do it. Right, and right. I get to the boardwalk and she's laying in a dude's lap. With her fingers intertwined and his his they're holding hands. And I walk up to her and I'm like, yo, what the fuck is going on? And Damn. she's like, This is just my friend. I said, just Damn. your friend. <laughs> I said, wait, wait, wait. I said <laughs> just your like just your friend. <laughs> oh she, baby, you ho oh, baby, you like got what? what I need. Like, <laughs> like this is not what I need right now. <laughs> And she was like, yeah, it's just my friend. And I was like, okay. And then me, I linked up with her, her brother, and me and him spoke about it, and he was like, yo, I don't know what's going on. I, don't, I honestly don't know what, what she's doing right now. He was wow. like, i never seen that nigga before in my life. He was right. Like, but, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, that's you and her, right? Like, they don't got nothing to do. I'm like, come on, me and, me and you are going to be bros forever. I don't know what's going on between me and her, but... Um, Are you guys still bros forever? He disappeared. So, I mean, in <laughs> in in my mind, we still bros. Last time I saw him, everything was no, good. No, wait, 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 wait. Oh, wait, nigga. Bros forever. In my mind, we bros forever. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I just haven't seen him in, in ages. But there's a reason Continue for that, too, I think. There's a reason for that. And okay. I don't know if I want to say that on air. But... Um, okay. That's probably, not a, you probably wouldn't leave that one alone. It's not. It's not like something happened between the two of us, but, um, yeah. So we spoke about yeah. it, and then I think, right? I don't know if it was the next day or or a week or he something. He tried base, bro. He's gonna defend his sister, especially if he knows she's in the wrong. You oh no, he definitely defend. did not defend her. Oh shh. <laughs> oh, fuck. He him. was. He was more like, yo, bro. I told you she a wild one. Like she make her own decisions. Oh, what? Yeah, he was like, she make her own decisions. And I was like, listen, I, I'm i cool with all of that. I just don't know what the hell happened because we was good right. just like two days ago. Ain't nothing was like everything was fine. So 
That's that high school shit. You 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 think it's fine, nigga. Juicy, <laughs> she fucking an upperclassman named Rodney. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, Rodney played ba- uh Rodney played baseball. Yeah, that nigga be yeah he he get it in. I'm I'm at all his games since when? Since, since I told y'all when? I was at Caitlyn's house. You was just Caitlyn's house. You was just with me two days ago. Right. That, that was two days, nigga. But and right. that's definitely high school shit. But um definitely. But yeah, like we spoke, I think maybe a couple days after that or a week after, and she tried breaking up with me. And I was like, wait, ain't I supposed to be breaking up with you? Like, but she was like, yo, I don't think this is going to work. I said, well, yeah, I don't think it's going to work either. I don't know what the fuck happened. But all that to say, my first girlfriend was a Scorpio. And Scorpios, like you said, do very random things. Yes, they do, bro. (laughs) And And it's crazy. A Scorpio will tell you, don't do that random shit, but bitch, you doing all but the do random it. shit. But do what it. The it's fuck? the craziest shit ever. You, yo, oh, I hate a nigga that'll do X, Y, Z. And then right. you watch and, them do and it. And they do it. <laughs> and you're yeah. supposed to just be like, okay. You're supposed to be okay with it because then they're going to say, because I do what I want. So what the fuck you think I'm going to do? Right. Are you dumb? If you don't get the fuck up out of here. Like, yeah, Scorpios be doing here. the most. Like, Scorpios are, I think, like, they're fun. They're yeah, great yeah. to be around. Definitely fun. They, they love philosophy. They will talk. Yeah, Scorpios are very intelligent. Yeah, yeah I, they'll I, talk. I give, I give them that. They'll talk you to death. They'll give you all different ways of looking at things. Mm-hmm. But... Mm-hmm. Like all of these uh, signs that have hard shells, the moment you start getting deep underneath that shell and they don't want you to, they retreat into whatever fucking burrow or hole and then they will throw their little pincers and, and stingers out and get you away from them. And then, you know, I guess if they feel like it later down the road, they, they come back out the hole and try and love you again. Scorpios are weird. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> Scorpios are hard to deal with. And my second all-man moment, um, my second all-man moment is just more so about jobs in general, bro. Like, I'm I'm over this whole fucking structure of work and how companies just use and abuse their employees. I'm just oh, over nigga, it. you already know. I've been over that shit, niggas. I've been over that for the last five years. And it's just, it's just like, for me, I'm just analyzing it. I'm just so, I think we've been speaking off air about this, but this notion that companies have where you are supposed to go out of your way, mm-hmm. out of your way for the company, and that gets you a little pat on the back, and occasionally it'll get you a, yo, you went out of your way, so we might get, we might slide you a little promotion, give you a little extra right. Five thousand. We may give you a bonus on your next check, yeah. Even though you didn't brought the company in a hundred thousand dollars, but we might give you a little Clean. five. Um, but the moment you may do something that they don't like, now you're the worst person in the motherfucking world. And Talk I'm not saying it. that that has happened to me specifically, but I'm just watching how the structure is, and I've seen it happen too many times over and over. What I do realize is like, and I want everybody to understand this and realize it. I'm not talking to y'all niggas that that don't bring value to your company. Listen, if you ain't bringing value to your company, don't try and jump on this train, this bandwagon. This this one ain't for say, you. Yeah, this one ain't for you. This if you lazy you. and you at work and you getting fucking bombasted for being lazy at work, then nigga, 
you better hold on to that job. <laughs> but I'm That's talking it. specifically to the people that know that when they step into that building, everything is 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 comite. Everything is all great. the lights is on. Yeah. Gucci, yes, they are Drake, and they bringing the fucking lights on. <laughs> Every yeah. time they drop. They put the lights on in that motherfucking building. In fact, every time they send an email blast, every time they pick up that phone, every time they seal a deal, every time they uh, calm down that rowdy-ass client or that customer or their co-worker, that motherfucker right there is a motherfucker you keep. You don't keep that motherfucker. Your whole shit fall apart. You didn't even think you needed them. Huh, you need them. You need you them. You definitely need that person. And I want everybody to just understand they worth in that instance. Do not stay at a job or do not continue to give your energy to a place that cannot appreciate it. Whether they just don't have the ability to appreciate it, like for whatever reason they can't financially support everything that you bring to the right. table, or whether they just right. they're just not in the mindset to appreciate you. You gotta right. get out of that. Because jobs are designed to suck your fucking life force and your energy away. They are not Stay designed back. to make you the focal point that you sometimes deserve to be or to even show you like to to give you things based off of what you mm-hmm. give it like it's it's not on this space where it's like okay performance value like your perform your performance value is not being accounted all the time there there are jobs that are specifically on that and you get commission but in those is some sometimes you're not getting a steady check is everything is commission mm-hmm. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that if you are bringing a said value to a company and it is well documented that you are bringing this to the company. Right. Don't stay there if it's been two, three years of you elevating this company and they don't know what to do with your talent. It's that simple. So those are my two on-man moments and we can start getting into the shits and boy, do we have some shit to get into. Yeah, yes the fuck we do. Um, We're going to talk about new music in a little bit, but bro, can you tell me what your man Tyrese was doing? Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know, bro. I I really, I, I definitely see his ex-wife looking at him like, you stupid bozo. You a fucking um, goof troop, my nigga. Right. Um, I, I, I also, I'm wondering what... Shayla! Shayla, what's Shayla's thinking of her daddy right now? Like, what the fuck is he doing? Goofy. Um, and the the woman that uh when he was doing it and she was wiggling her toes, I'm like, why do you look like a fish fresh out of fucking water? What the fuck are y'all doing right now? What's what's going on? Yo. Um Yeah, I think that Tyrese is really trying to climb on the clout chain right now. I see the relationship crashing and burning. I give it until the end of the summer or a little bit before the summer um, actually like really picks up. I That's not going to last. So what that's I didn't gonna... even realize is he recently got divorced from his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's a recent thing that they got divorced. That doesn't necessarily mean that he wasn't, um, he was happy the time like maybe a year or two before he got divorced. He could have been unhappy Correct. the whole entire time. But he recently Correct. apparently got divorced. Listen, what you do in the comfort of your home, I don't care. If you right. out here shaving your girl's coochie, if you're together for 20 years or 10 years or five years, you might get to a point where your girl might ask you, hey, you want to shave me? And you might say yes. 
Okay? I am not here to judge that. I am mm-hmm. not here to make you feel any type of way about what you may do. Shit, he might have shaved it and ate it right after. I don't know. I would have definitely did that. But not everything is for the fucking gram, Facebook, yeah. Twitter, Twitch, IG. All these shits. Like, like Clubhouse. Not every yeah. this is this is the prime. To me, this is a prime example of not everything is for social media. I nah. don't know what you what else you thought was gonna happen other than this being, like you said, a clout chasey move where it's like, oh, yo, yeah, if course. I do this, niggas is gonna go crazy. They're gonna share it all and over he, the place. And he knew it was gonna go viral, bro. He, How do you not to. know that shit not gonna go viral, bro? He had to. He had to. <laughs> so <laughs> this nigga got a ghost in his room. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm looking at the ghost. Like, is this the ghost of Tyrese's uh, past? What the fuck? But yeah, let's talk about new music, bro. A lot of people dropped this weekend. Did you know that? Did you know a lot of uh, different artists were going to put out some shit? I didn't. Um, I didn't. Um, I mean, I have been listening to new music as of today. I don't think he dropped it this week, but I definitely been. I didn't know John Legend dropped a project called Bigger Love. I got that now. I'm, oh, I've been I think that was that. over the summer. He dropped that shit. Yeah. Um, they actually said he was working on that shit since the 2019, but with everything happening last year, he was supposed to drop it in 2020, so he just dropped it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, but nah, I didn't uh, I didn't even know a lot more people dropped new music. I know people dropped new music because I heard, I heard some shit from, I feel like I heard some shit from Young Thug, if I'm not mistaken. Well, Young Thug has definitely been out here. He dropped um, Slime Language 2. Um, and then okay, he, I know, I dropped, know, I know. He dropped some shit. Cause I seen some shit. Yeah, he dropped the deluxe yeah. version of it. Let's play, let's play some shit off of that. Um, okay. Let's let's go with the Slim Thugger Thugger. Let's go with Liddy first. Let's let's play this. Okay, Thugger Thugger. Uh-huh. That's one thing about Thug he, he always got some fucking flows That's a fact Okay I want shits with the dip though Motherfucking dip Let's just stop right there. The way the baby just, wow. The way the baby wow. just came in. We're gonna get back to that. But the way the baby just came in. The baby really letting you know he's shitting on everybody's features this summer. He definitely gonna shit on niggas' features. Sheesh. Be chilling. I turned up, came back with a million. Let's go. He blew up and cut the body. He could decide it. Really don't say much about it. He huh. never tell him too much. He know it's up. He know it's best to keep quiet. I was real loud like a parade. Go. Drum roll, everybody spray. This this nigga This nigga the baby is here And is coming for you Alright I, I just think the baby's definitely coming for the throne bro He's he's coming for the throne kid Between Little baby Roddy Rich And the baby We about to see A fucking face off As to who is going to try and take the mantle For the next big superstar Yeah right. yeah yeah Facts Who's really trying to take this shit I hope it ain't no niggas in the bay. Light it up like Independence Day. Let's go. New flip on 
This bad place ain't no bad hoes in it. Walked in this bunny hut, that hole when it just five minutes later with mad hoes in it. Team, we can get together, baby, we can be a team. We ain't gonna stay there, but I'm liking what I see. Five, four, three, two, bitch, it just one me. Whoever MVP should get a ring. All my whips it pushed to start. No, we got key holes in it. All black rose was just pushed off one rapper with three or four free codes in it. We're working like amigo. Yeah, so that that's one of the tracks off there. Let's see, he got a he got a track with Drake. I didn't listen to it yet, but everybody keeps talking that this shit is fire. So we go, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna all listen to this shit together for the first time. The world premiere on Dad has some bow ties, man. Yeah, trying not uh, to get young sued. Doug featuring Drizzy. What's the name of the record? Already. Hey. It's called Solid. Already. Slide, trying to provide for me. For me. I want them shits with a dip though. <laughs> For me. Find me somewhere out in London, you know that's the hideaway. I need some head and some more support from you right away. That's one of our more powerful blacks. Since I've been making donations to you like the night and day. You know Stories you told me about him, I can see that it's night and day. You told me the truth. Walking from here to my bedroom and feel like it's miles away. It's too many rooms. And I'm still hard, buddy. This nigga Drake got a. Why does this nigga Drake do this on every track, bro? Why does Yo. <laughs> why does this nigga do this on every track? Son, this this nigga really be letting you know, bro. I will always be here forever. I I'm... reign forever. <laughs> I don't feel nobody, and I'm well some riding on my friendships. Solid, I get big deposits on my website. Solid, oh, revenue engine, city dependent. I gotta finish it. I want opinions. Wow. She wanted things. Yeah. She want a ring or some sort of arrangement. Yeah. Something that's dangerous. I want to change it. I want to change it. I want to change it. I'm going to say no because she knows she's a diamond. I got the people. I got the people. I'm trying to get in and make it. Bank account never diminishing. Yeah. Niggas are changing their images. Yeah. Niggas act hard, but they innocent. Hop in the tank and move militant. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it don't make no sense. Yeah. Find me some and this beat, boy. This nigga, damn. That shit slap. Damn, I, I can't even let though come in. That shit slap. So, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what to tell y'all. Fucking go listen to that that slime language too, because this shit sound hard. <laughs> that shit definitely <laughs> sound like it's the album to listen to. Shit. He um, young thug. So apparently this album is really a playlist. Young Thug okay. is on a couple of them, but Young Thug is also putting on young artists. Brand new artists. That nice. we haven't seen before. Yeah, so I like the move. We're going to talk a little bit more about Young Thug a little bit later, but I like the move, bro. I'm not even going to hold you. I like the move, too. So he said he's setting. He's actually prompting himself to become the next version of himself. I look at it as, like you said, we're going to talk about the move that he did later. He is slowly, in his own way, preparing himself to be a Jay Z. Slowly, in I his see own what way, he's trying to do in his own way. He's in his trying own way to. for sure. And I like it. I'm, I'm, I, if that's what he's trying, I'm here for it, Thugger, Thugger, Thugger. I'm here for it. So, listen to his joint, and then I listen to Money Bag Yo. Money Bag Yo drop on Friday. Okay. Now, I like Money Bag Yo, and I okay. always knew that I, there was something about Money Bag Yo that I liked. But this project here 
has solidified that shit. Money oh, okay. bag yo is here to stay, and he knows how to put a project together. This shit sounds good. We're gonna play maybe one or two off of that. One second, let me lighten this shit up a little bit. But yeah, we're gonna play okay. one or two off of this project. Um, give the viewers a taste off of this real quick. Let me see which one was really hitting for me. Cause he had he had some shit. Um let's see, he got one with future. Let's let's play that one. I've definitely been hearing Future's name all weekend as well. Future's still here to stay, clearly. He's still here to stay. Future's definitely still here to stay. Less than 50 in her Birkin then She ain't one of mine no. Added brightness to your glow They see the difference in your shine Codependent How? Wait, you ain't got the answers, man You ain't got the answers A drinker, not a smoker But for me, you hit that pound cake They say I started someone I had gave you the lamb Sheesh Other shit they can't see Cause everything ain't for the gram I put it down Don't know who need to hear this Another nigga could never Spoiling her too easy Make it harder for the next one I'd rather put her on game Than run it on Wait, I gotta pause you that can put up Spoiling her too easy make it harder for the next one. <laughs> it's a flex, bro. And that's what that's Definitely what a flex. That's what I like about Moneybag Yo. Moneybag Yo music to me is like flex music. It's like I put that shit on when I want to flex on niggas, son. Yeah, <laughs> uh, as soon as I heard his voice, I remembered the fucking record that he did with fucking Megan Thee Stallion. That whole record was a flex. That whole shit was a flex. I was like, and then he got the shit. Uh, I got, I got. Um, I just checked my watch. I got time today. That shit. Right. <laughs> Matter of fact, we going straight to it. Fuck it. Y'all already know what time it is. <laughs> I already know what time it is. I think we might have played this shit on here before, but fuck it. Y'all niggas getting another taste of this shit. Money back, yo. Oh, yeah. This, this record right here definitely slaps crazy. Don't go against me. They ask for my help. Go get out your feelings and get it yourself. Might got the same shoes, but you ain't gonna step. That's one of our more powerful blacks. She got a nigga, he got a shirt. Why? You can't compete when you can't compare. She ate the dick through my underwear. Got up and got herself out of the dick through the underwear. Dick through my underwear. Yeah, yeah. She's a savage, kid. She, she ate the dick through the yo. We gotta do one more because he got Polo G, who's a native New Yorker. So uh I think he's from New York. Don't get me fucked up out here, but I believe Polo G is a New Yorker. And this song is fire. Okay. Uh it'll break my heart if a nigga did I be with. Damn, if a nigga that I be with every day turns state, like, <laughs> I need y'all to understand what this nigga is saying, man. A nigga I be with every day turns state. My heart would be broken too, for sure. Right. <laughs> Shit is crazy. My daddy called me on my birthday, didn't even tell me he just at me for some cake. Whenever you speak your mind, they say you crazy and call you fake. I ain't. Thought I was through sipping, but bro got all papers today. Uh-huh. I skip no land, I sacrifice, now I'm having my way. Don't need no therapist, I've been.
shit to myself in my safe. Money talk. Niggas saying they gon' slap me, <laughs> but they bust they on fire. My ops ain't even worth killing. They don't change the fact they need to die. Show what's the name? I stand on business. Whoa. Delta switch the suspect. Wait, what was the line? What was the line? What would he say, bro? The line, he said, now you got to run it back. He said something about niggas say they're trying to kill me, but it, that, that don't mean that they don't, that, that don't mean that they ain't got to die. Like, what? wait, what? Huh? What? What, what, <laughs> what makes rappers say this shit? That don't change the fact they need to die. even worth killing. That don't change the fact they need to die. Oh, my God. Oh, my <laughs> oh God. Oh, my God. <laughs> That bar is crazy, bro. I wish I had a better gunshot. We gotta invest in a better gunshot. Yo, I want shit with the dip, oh, nah. though. That's all I got for that. I see, I see what you're saying about this artist. Yeah, this man is here to stay. The sun, the summer's looking nice for hip hop, despite you know, what I mean, the, the the stuff. Rappers, just please take care of yourself. If you're getting all this money, invest in a good doctor. Invest in some, you know, good food. Take your vitamins. Work out. Stretch. If you're going to do drugs, I would say occasionally, don't get crazy with the fucking pills and shit, please. My God, son. All good advice, bro. Um, And, of course, her dropped uh, on Friday. Oh, okay, okay. We got to listen to that. Um, All of these artists probably can get a suit. <laughs> oh, definitely could get a suit. If like, this you episode the music don't make long. it out... Right. <laughs> it was only supposed to play 10 seconds of the record. Y'all niggas did 45. Y'all niggas did two Drake verses. What the fuck, bro? Yeah, you niggas, niggas are super fans, but I need my money now. <laughs> <laughs> I need my bread now. Let's see. Already. The first string. The first string got me. This is featuring Chris Brown, so you already know. Almost missing my flight today. I look good even though I feel shitty. I just got back out this way. You already got plans for the city. Call them off, could you call them off for me? That's one of our more powerful blacks. This is a bop, boy. Come. This is this is a bop right here. <laughs> Come through tonight. Come boy. through tonight. And you hear you hear Chris about to come in. We're gonna give you a little Le bit of Chris. Yeah, yeah, her Chris yeah. doing a fucking yeah, doing the ad libs, yeah. We, we got a little bit of Chris, cause you know once Chris voice come on, I'm fucking stop ceasing to and assist uh <laughs> letters is coming in the mail, but let's do it. Right. <laughs> Breezy! Wow. They, yo, they they made a record 
How do you make a record and it's a fucking story? You talking about somebody's <laughs> relationship, y'all? God fucking damn, son. Motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah you gotta. God damn gotta it. get that shit. That's... I think music. I think music is coming back with great concepts. Okay, we 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 telling stories, man. Let's go, man. That money bag yo album definitely tells a story. It start off talking about the killings that happened in Memphis. Um, oh wow, damn the this this record right here. Her is I can't. Her has always see. been a storyteller though. Yeah, she's always been a story. She's always been amazing. I I really I don't even feel like this is a peak. I can't wait to see when she finally like fully blossoms. What that next album is going to sound like because she's gearing up for right. an album. Oh yeah, facts, facts. She's gearing up for an album. So. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about her accomplishments over the weekend because she definitely won an Oscar. So, uh, oh wow, okay, yeah, congratulations to that. But we'll talk. Well, we actually Thanks. right here, Oscars were very diverse this year. Um, very diverse. I didn't get a chance to watch them, but um, from what I saw on Instagram, I saw a lot of different type of nationalities and backgrounds and ethnic groups win awards, and I was like, oh, it's about fucking time, shit. Yeah, a lot of uh, Asian cinema won awards. A lot of Black cinema won awards. Let's uh, let's see who some of the winners were. Um, looking right now, some people were upset because uh, Viola Davis and um, Chadwick Boseman didn't win anything, so they feel like they yeah, got but snubbed. didn't they? But didn't they won? But didn't they win another award in one of them other award shows a while ago? Yes, they won. They won in another award show, um, for sure. Yeah. But a lot of people felt like the you Oscars. Can't, you can't win them all, but I get it though. You know, you can still feel like niggas got snubbed. I mean, I get it. Yeah, they were saying like Chadwick got snubbed because they made the Oscars all about him, but then didn't give him an Oscar. Oh, okay. I got. I, okay, I, I see it. Okay. So her won um, Academy Awards for Best Original <coughs> Song. Um, the nominees. Who gives a fuck about the nominees right now? I don't care about that. Um, but we just fight care for about you. the winners at this point. Yeah, fight for you. That song is fire, by the way. Uh, matter of fact, okay, man, you already know what time it is. You know what we about to do. Fuck this. <laughs> we we bringing the production value to another level. We ain't buy all this fucking equipment not to use it. So that's a fact. I still got equipment. I need to fucking learn how to use. <laughs> God fucking damn it. <laughs> fight for Shit. you. Let's see if we can get this record. Uh, let's play this real quick because this this shit is fire. Off rip, just with the drums. She's giving me Alicia Keys, old school Alicia Keys right here. Her is not nothing to fucking play with, man. Her she is, can really play with her voice, kid. God damn, son. She could really do some shit with that. Her is nothing to play with. Um, Let's see. Who else won? 
uh, that was a big deal. Jamie Foxx definitely won for Soul. I know that that was a big deal. The really? First, wow. First black man to win for Pixar. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, bro. That is crazy. Jamie is on some shit right now. Oh, and Daniel fuck. Kaluuya um, won for Best Supporting Actor. Nigga, you you already know what that's about, bro. I mean, the that you know, it was it was a tough role for him as it was for uh Lakeith Stanfield. So it's, it's a tough movie to watch. It's tough. Absolutely. A lot of black excellence. God damn it. I also didn't watch it. I'm really like over award shows, so I can't Yeah, get you into... but yeah, you've been saying this for years now, for like the last three, two years now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I, I did watch the BET Awards last year, especially when Everything that was going on, George Floyd and everything. So right, right, right. Um, maybe I'm a little bit of a hypocrite in that aspect, but like the Oscars and the Grammys, they just were always boring to me. Nothing, nothing really mm. spicy about them. But um, yeah. Uh, so congratulations to all the winners. I do feel like it's a little bit of pandering going on here because I don't know if this is like they actually feel like some of these movies deserve it. Um, I definitely do. Judas and the Black Messiah yeah, could was be, definitely up It could there. be the sign of the times. It could be placating to our feelings. You, you know how that goes. Yeah, but um, hopefully it is genuine. I know that they, the Oscars is talking about also implementing diversity standards moving forward. I don't know exactly what the fuck that means, but mm. um, we will see what that means for the future of the Oscars. But um, congratulations to all the winners. Young Dolph. Facts. Now, Young Dolph is someone who made waves when he originally came out. Um, but yeah. you don't hear too much about him. But Young Dolph is fully 100% independent. And he was on Million Dollars Worth of Game, which we refer to a lot. Uh, shout out to Wallow and Gilly. Definitely out here killing in, the, in that. Definitely out here really killing it. Uh, sidebar, I feel like their podcast, my opinion, because of Wallow, not so much Gilly. Obviously, we know Gilly is a rapper. Gilly actually definitely got crazy-ass bars. Gilly is crazy. Um, I never knew Wallow was a rapper, but their podcast has been picking up steam in the last few months. I will say that. 100%. 100%. Yeah, been They've been a getting a lot of high-profile artists on this show like right after something interesting happened. And in the, in the conversation of Young Dolph, Young Dolph right. has said that this is going to be his last album. So in oh, that shit. capacity, um, I think it's really interesting for them to have had him on the show. And this is just a little snippet of what he spoke about when it came to independence. Independent, you got to be out here moving like a major and you got to put your money where your mouth is. Give me the game on that. Give my audience the game on that. What you just said. Okay. You got to put your money where your mouth is. To be independent. Yeah. You got to take them chances. I want them shits with the dip, though. People don't want to do that. All right, to work a record, how much much do it cost? People scared to take chances. How much do it cost to work a record independently? If you're a real independent. It depends. You know what I mean? Like, you probably have to, you're going to have to take anywhere from a quarter million dollar budget to a million dollar budget. Mm. Depending on what you're doing and what you're trying to do with it. For one fucking record. Yeah. He just so said $250,000, y'all. No, that's a song. If you really a song and you like, I'm finna make this my single, I'm finna go up with it, I'm finna stay on it, and like we finna go up there with it, hell yeah. You need a quarter million just to get business. A quarter million to a million dollars. And where do that go to? Marketing? Everything. 
all the way around the board. You know what I mean? It's a machine. It ain't. It's, it's called a machine for a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, stop it right there. I don't think when about I heard it. that part is called a machine for a reason. I I was like, he he gets it. And I'm glad he got it, and he gonna keep it forever. I don't think a lot of artists realize what it really means to be independent. Like yeah. the money that actually is necessary to build from the street to mainstream. Like there's a reason why a lot of these young rappers come from drug dealers. And a lot of them don't, you don't hear about them until a label picks them up. Yes, SoundCloud and Apple and Spotify and all these streaming services exist and they make it a lot easier to, in some cases, distribute your music out to consumers. Because they basically help your reach. They're really trying to help you reach the target audience. But like what Young Dolph said, then there's the 250 to really work one record. If you want to see it move and get to a certain stratosphere, you're talking about a quarter of a million dollars, he said. To a million dollars. If you want to get the Fuck. best fucking PR team on it, you want to get the best marketing, you want to get these things placed on certain TV shows, stations, radios, you're paying for that. Yeah, it's a I mean, I get it though, because if you got a quarter mil, bro, or close to a mil, let's say you put a mil towards a record. Let's say, for example, this was, let's say last year Soldier Boy came out and Soldier Boy dropped Crank That. Do you know how crazy that shit would be? Yeah. Do you know how catastrophic Crank That would on every uh, streaming platform? Yo, Soldier Boy would probably be the richest rapper that ever lived. And and what would have to happen is Soldier Boy would have to make a video for that. And how much would that and the video, video would have to be cost? stupid crazy. The video would have to cost probably fifty K and up. You ain't That's doing it. much you ain't doing much under fifty K regarding if, if a song goes nuts, you can't give no what, two thousand dollar video. You can't do that. Nah. Nah. It's not going it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. So it all works together. You got to then get the visuals. You got to, and he said, he goes into talking about, you got to get your street team and paying a street mm. team, activate the yeah. street team. We forget that the street team still exists. Street niggas teams, on the ground. I don't think will ever go away. Niggas is on the ground getting you to, to hear about this young Dolph. Yo, he the next up. Yo, he coming out. Da, da, da. Word of mouth is very important because remember, bro, they still do fucking uh, street team advertisements when people's albums are coming out. Well, fucking Buster Ron. First of all, I just to go to Buster really quick. When Buster Ron's put out the Wrath of God too, I didn't even know it was Buster Rhymes. but I mm. saw the shit every fucking way in the city and in Manhattan. I mean, the city and in Brooklyn. I was like, yo, who the fuck? And then when it dropped, I said, Yo, I seen that shit every. Yo, I seen that, bro. Everywhere I went in New York City, I seen that fucking advertisement everywhere. That was the street team. That was the street team. For sure. Because Buster so ain't out right. here putting these fucking things No, out. he not going to see that nigga outside. No. It's really crazy what it takes for young artists, if they want to make it on their own, to really get out there. Like, that's a bank loan. 250 to work one record. And then if you choose the wrong record, you ain't making that 250 back. You got so, the bank looking at you like you in debt, kid. 
If you got you got any cars you can sell, cause we need our recoup. We need that. You got the label looking at you like, yo, we just fronted you, bro. You got the fucking, you got the people that you did the video for, like, bro. I still need money for the wardrobe that you actually wanted to keep, not the shit that we rented. The shit you wanted to keep. That's a fact. God damn, yeah, artists. Yeah. I really hope y'all. And now is the we've said it already on a podcast and other you know different fields. Now, if you gonna jump in a rap game now, it's time for you to learn the motherfucking game. And you got to learn the game all across the board. Even if you're not the best at it, you better start, you know, get, getting up on your streaming and figure out how to do that. You know, get up on your, um, you know, figuring out how to write treatments for your videos, getting up on building your team, you know, photographers and, you know, PR. Get get on it, you know, somebody to run your social media because it's not a fucking game out here. Now's the time to learn the game. You got all this time. If you're not really traveling like that, hunker down. You know, take three, six months and just grind in education. Grind in building. A buzz. 100%. So, Moneybag Yo, who y'all know right now, is is one of the folks that I'm looking at as maybe maybe one of my favorites for the summer. I'm going to go past that. Okay. Um, He was okay. on Breakfast Club recently after his project dropped, and he was talking about check-ins. So, let's let's... Let's listen in on this shit real quick. Right. <laughs> so what's I, your protocol? This, uh, he on point. <laughs> he on point. You got to do that, like, just to keep the relationship healthy. Like, it's a communication. It's key. Because, mm-hmm. like, man, I'm talking about, like, the first, like, I ain't get it at first. Like, I ain't get it at first, like, doing it. Because it's like you want, you, it, you want them to understand for you. Like, you got to mm-hmm. understand what I'm doing. Right. You know what I'm saying? But, nah, you got to check in, baby. I'm, I'm headed in the club. I'm leaving out now. It's John alive. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Dude, you know what I'm saying? FaceTime to get back to the FaceTime room. You gotta check yeah, in, bro. How you feel about check-ins, bro? Bro, what? I'm I'm not even <laughs> for anybody that's a, a gang affiliated or you know like street affiliated. I'm not even trying to be funny when I ask this question. What is really the goal of a check-in, especially if the 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 I I I, I would oh, say wait, wait, wait. hold pretense. up before you go any further, bro. He's talking about checking in with your partner. Wait, not checking in with your girl? Yeah, so like, let's say you go out to the club, you oh. gotta check in with your girl, so she know what you doing type shit. Bro, that shit, that bro, it sounds annoying as fuck. So the actual act of doing <laughs> it, that would annoy the shit out of me. I'm sorry, that would annoy the shit out of me. I'm not opposed to the idea of checking in it, but it has to feel natural. It has to feel like you are just genuinely interested if in what we I'm were doing gonna for the meet day. up. And I told you, I'm doing three things before we meet up. You know I'm an artist. I got to go to the club and make an appearance. That might not be the club I'm performing at, but I got to be there for at least an hour. Mm-hmm. After the club, I might let you know. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to let you know. All right, I'm leaving the club. I'm going to another club. This club, I'm actually scheduled to perform. About to right. perform. That's probably going to be another fucking hour. Maybe sound check my whatever. Then I might stay a little bit longer to poly drink a little bit then after that i'm probably gonna hit a bar or some shit and a night lounge the nice night i might shit i low-key might shoot a fucking rap video if i got a schedule like that i'm gonna but if i'm bar hot and it's not like i'm not really pressed for time but you know, i gotta meet i don't bro that it's just and i feel like and then if you don't do that the flip side is you hiding something you lying or a girl's favorite. 
Who that bitch you fucking like? Why gotta why always gotta be a bitch I'm fucking? What why it gotta come down to I'm cheating? Yeah. Why? That's what it's always for men. It's always gonna boil down to why you not answering the call. You get you gotta be with another bitch. Versus if a nigga did that now. Imagine a imagine a girl now. Let's say we called up a girl right now. Do you think the girl's gonna say she's checking in? There's only two chicks right now for me. I'm not going to say their name. That check in with me. And that's because I'm fucking with them on a heavy, regular day basis. But if you're not like somebody that I'm really in, I feel like it, I feel like for that, for me to do that, it comes down to titles and where you are in my life and who you are to me. I mean, I think that that's the point he was making is that in a relationship, dating, okay. no, dating, you don't. I'm not checking in with you if I'm dating you. If we, <laughs> right. if we talking or dating, like when I show Smashing, up. Smashing, I'm not doing that. You yeah, don't know when I'm coming to, to, to smash them windows in your car and when I'm ready to, you know, give you some insurance money for fucking it up. Like, yeah, I'm not I'm not telling you, yo, babe, I'm at the club. Yo, babe, I'm leaving the club. Yo, babe, I'm home. FaceTime you. Yo, what you doing? See, I'm home. No, no, no. Fuck that. In a relationship, you gotta be my girl for that to happen. Yeah. yeah, in a relationship, that's a little bit more important. I think, in the sense of just well, for me, <laughs> if I'm checking in, if I'm like my girl says she's going out, and I'm interested in in knowing when she gets home, that's a safety thing. I just want to make sure you're good. I want to make sure you're okay. I want to make sure the night ended appropriately. Like in terms of you're back home and you're safe. Um, but. For me, like I was saying earlier, it just has to feel natural. I'm not, right. it's going to feel very annoying to me if I feel like you're just checking in on me because, like you said, one, you think I'm cheating and you want to make sure that I don't go out and cheat, or two, you just have to know what the fuck I'm doing at every moment of the day. That ain't going to work. <laughs> that right, ain't it's it. That's not going to work for me, Jeez. <laughs> so, that ain't it for me, Jeez. Yeah, I, I'm. I've been an only child for the longest time. Uh, checking in, I didn't even check in with my motherfucking parents after a while. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So checking into a significant other, I'm not saying I'm opposed to it, and I'm not saying that I don't agree with it because I do in one sense of it. It just has to be natural. Don't be checking in about, on me. I'm thinking about what I said and. I do believe in check-ins because I am a check-in person. Like, I like to check in, and I'd like my partner to check in with me. But like you said, like, as I'm thinking about it more, if it doesn't come off natural, I'm gonna it's going to be a forced check-in. Now now I got to check in with you to put you at ease. That's yeah, and bullshit. That, that ain't it. That's bullshit. That, yeah. You said it the perfect way, bro. That ain't it. If I feel like I have to check in just to make you feel like, oh, okay, <laughs> like happy and and not have an argument with you or whatever. Nah, if it's a natural thing, like, babe, I just want to know when you get home because, you know, these streets is wild out here. I'm all right, for you know it. these niggas is crazy. Yeah, I'm checking in. I know you're going out with your boys. I know that nigga distinguishes wild. I don't, I want to know that y'all niggas made it home okay and safe. That's a fact. Heard you. Say less. I'm, I'm all for that. But don't be fucking... What are you doing? You said you was at the club, but I see on your IG story that 
you at somebody's house. What the fuck is you doing? Oh, hell no. Nah. Get the fuck up out of here with that bullshit. You got to go. Hell to the no, to the no, no. <laughs> hell to the no. Yeah, get that shit We not out of doing here. that. So, bro, you had sent a clip about Kevin Hart. Let me pull this shit up real quick. Let's see what Kevin Yo, was talking about. Yo, that Kevin Hart shit, bro. God damn, son. So, we got Kevin here. I know how to separate. I think he's one of the most. False reality from real reality. And real reality is, no matter how much emotion and feeling you may have or how much hurt you may have, life has to go on. Life doesn't stop mm-hmm. for anybody. So, if you don't process that and understand that, you're stuck in whatever time period you got hurt forever. Mm-hmm. Forever. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. So grudges and anger and negativity, I don't have time for it because mm-hmm. I'm living. How you feel about that, bro? Uh, yeah, bro. That I, I sent that to a few people, actually. Um, and what I got out of that is, for me, I, I took myself, like, I, I took me as a personal example, and I was like, you look at the hurt that you've endured and then you look at the hurt that kind of made you who you are today. And even though you went through the pain and you went through that trial and that tribulation, you got to respect where you was at. Because if you catapulted from your hurt, from your pain, I believe in predestiny. So I believe that it was supposed to happen. Now you getting stuck in it. I agree with him 110%. If you get stuck in that shit, bro, you're going to be stuck forever. And one of my biggest fears, my personal, like one of my personal biggest fears, which I feel like I don't have a lot, is getting into a place where I allow the hurt and the pain that I feel from somebody or something or even something from myself that I may have caused and I get stuck there. And I could never fully creatively use my God-given talents and my charisma and my charm to get myself out of that. That's one of my biggest fears. Like if I allow the anger and the hurt to get me to a, to a real deep, dark, depressive space, I guess that's why I openly always talk about it on a podcast. I don't want to be in that space, bro. I think you know me for the long, like I really am a happy, carefree, go lucky person when you really boil me down. Like I just like to have fun, be funny, say wild, dumb shit. You know, do, you know, do community sure. shit, get it done. But at the same time, I don't like to be in it because I, I, I've learned and, you know, you've taught me this and D-Flow and, you know, people who love me. When I'm in a depressive space, it's like I'm a whole different person. It's like I'm there, but I'm not all the way there. It's like, yeah, he's there, mm-hmm. he, but he's just occupying space. It's true. It. Damn, <laughs> I think you said that in an amazing way. And... When you say it that way, I really I I agree with it. I think especially in the broader scope of things, but especially what you were saying about yourself when when you are in that type of space, it's like your mind is distracted. It's like you're not there, but you're there. You're you're probably given 30% of who you are. And um when you see 100% of who you are versus the 30%, you'd be like, "Nah, that ain't going to work." Like, we got to get you back, but in a right. in in the broader spectrum of what Kevin was saying, a lot of us are there, man. A lot of y'all are stuck. You stuck <laughs> in some hurt that, that happened in 2013, and y'all holding that, and you wonder why you can't get the things you want in 2021 because you're still holding on to 2013. 
you're holding on to that boyfriend that got a chick pregnant while y'all were in a relationship, and now mm-hmm. every nigga that you come across, you have trust issues with. And I understand it, but at the same time, it's like you're stuck, and you have to get unstuck. There was one time that I can remember where I felt like maybe I was stuck, and that was after mm-hmm. that was after that shorty that you know, we both know. Okay. Right, and, right, right. And that scenario that happened between us. And yeah. I remember just feeling, feeling like, yo, I'm in a negative space. Like, I am, mm. it's not that I'm treating people bad, but nothing feels good. I was just numb to everything. Nothing felt good. Nothing felt bad. I just was like, yo, it is what it is. Get up right. every day. Go to work, not really feeling work, uh, chilling. Like, just, I felt, I remember I dropped that project. I dropped Reverberation. Right. And once I dropped Reverberation, I just felt like I was, com- I, I completed the mission. And then oh, I would just wow. stayed in a space where it was just kind of like, I feel like from, we we met that individual. I think I was like twenty three. Yeah, it was around tw- it was around two thousand thirteen for sure. And I think that situation ended. I know that situation ended when I was twenty five. Yeah, and then for like I want to say two years after that, it was just like kind of like a roller coaster before I felt like I was finally back to myself. And like you said, bro, it's like a fear to get stuck there. Yeah, because, like, you know who you really are. You know what you mm. really bring to the table. You know what you could really do for yourself. Like, you see your capabilities. You see your potential. And just that one situation. I feel like the what really gets that shit stagnant, you actually allow that shit to penetrate a part of your heart that probably you thought was impenetrable. And when it gets to that part, and you feel like that person took something from you they're no longer with you or associated with you but they took some shit from you that that shit it 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 it, it just doesn't hurt it's like i don't I, I shouldn't have allowed you to get that close if i didn't think you could break or take something from me That's that you fact. actually took a part of me because i made you a part of me and you didn't just take yourself out of the equation you actually took a part of me with you that was already there before you got there you stole something from me and now i'm not even myself and i don't even have you so now i gotta deal with this void and i gotta like put myself together by myself and i don't even know if i want you right i don't even even know if i can because the next time i put you back you're gonna take an even bigger chunk facts (laughs) you're gonna take something else and it's 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 kind of crazy, and it's like... The fear is real. And you're always... I think so the part that keeps us stuck there is the part where we think we can't get a better piece back. So we're always yeah. fighting this demon that I want to be the old version of me, or I want that piece back. And it's like you have to let that piece go and realize that you're going to build a better you can build a better version of yourself. And once you, 
So that they say that that's like where depression comes from. Um, it's like when you're stuck in your past is when you end up with things like depression. And when you're mm. always trying to anticipate the future is when you get anxiety. So you're always trying to prepare yourself for something that's never going to happen or may never happen in the future. You end up giving right. yourself anxiety. When you're chasing your past or you get stuck in your past is when you end up being depressed because you're you're sitting there, you're, you're wellowing in something that happened previously instead of getting past it and kind of living back in the moment, kind of enjoying yourself, kind of just living again. You're you're focused on damn. I I shouldn't let never let that person hurt me that way. Or damn, right. You just keep reliving things, ruminating about hurt that happened a month ago, a year ago, two years ago. And so, yeah, it's a scary place to be because you you do when you're in that moment. You feel like that moment might last forever. You feel like that yeah. might be the the new version of you. Yeah, bro, it's it's so crazy. Like when like, and then when you get out of it, or when you actually see yourself getting out of it, it's low key like you rediscovered a brand new version of yourself. Because like, I these these days, I feel like I rediscovered a brand new version of myself, and I implore people to my my sister. Well, I have two sisters. One of my sisters, Claudia, uh, my sister Claudia, told me. You're never going to get over it, but you got to get through it. Like, you got mm. to go through it. Like, you're always going to remember the hurt you felt, but that doesn't mean when you remember it, that doesn't mean what you feel when you remember it because the feeling is different from actually being in the hurt, too, when you think about it. And once I started to see the difference, I started to separate it. I had to... I had to take accountability for the part that I played in the deterioration of the happiness turning into hurt. Then I had to realize, but I could find, I could find the same type of sense of being happy, but that doesn't mean that it's always going to have to come from the person that caused the hurt. I can find happiness in something else. I can find happiness in someone else. Um, but the goal should be trying to find the happiness within myself. That should be the goal. And once I got to that place, bro, son, it's like I came back to life, bro. <laughs> I swear, it's like I came back to life. It was hard. I went to therapy for it. I cried. I cried in front of women that probably looked at me like, I, I'm not fucking with this. Uh, cried in front of my mom. It, that wasn't the best experience because she was, you know, no disrespect to my, she was not the most consoling, the most comforting at the time. I went through all of these things just to rediscover the happiness back in myself. And like I said, when I when I found it back for me, when I found it back for, you know, Henry, when I found it back for Malek, when I found it back for Distinguished, then I was proud to publicly share it. And try to give it, try to get other people to get to back to where, where they was at. Somebody today, he wrote it yesterday. He wrote, yo, um, can you guys send me words of positive affirmation? I really need it. I put a prayer on his page. I don't know him, by the way. We, we, we're just mutual friends on Facebook. Then I went in his inbox. 
and wrote another prayer. Then I sent him a voice note. He said, bro, this is like overwhelmingly important to me. Like, thank you so much. And all I kept saying to him was, remember who you are, King. Remember what you was put on this earth to do. Remember that people are dependent on you. But most of all, remember that at the end of the day, if you don't take care of you, nobody else is really going to take care of you the way you need to take care of you. And he was like, yo, I felt that. Sometimes we just need reminders, bro. And I was happy to give that man a reminder. What you said is very important. And I know that this might be a little heavy for some. If we have any listeners that are dealing with any mental health, um, you know, I don't want this to be triggering. I hope that it's actually healing um, because we're actually talking about how we've got out of some some dark places. And it, it feels different for everybody because mm-hmm. for me, at no moment in time did I feel like I don't feel like I hit rock bottom in the sense of like just misery, straight misery. But I knew that I wasn't myself. I knew that the person that I was to other people where I was making them laugh. I was like the life of the party. I was the protector. I was the one that everyone went to for advice. I was the one that was making sure that my friends as if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know, my friends are family. I was the the person that made sure that the family stuck together. And when I hit that space of depression, I didn't care. I didn't care to keep everybody together. I didn't care if people were reaching out and they wanted their quote unquote brother to be in their life. I was just so removed from everything. I didn't, I was numb. Like I said, I didn't care about any of it. And I always knew that the key was like, you have to get back to you. But there was just so much damage in terms of like being told I was everything else but what I knew myself to be from that situation. I felt like I was always strong and I saw myself being weak with this individual. I felt like I would never let somebody talk. Everybody, everybody who knows me from high school to to college, I yeah, I was small, but niggas knew to respect me. So I never had this right. self-image of myself where I would let someone disrespect me and right. not do anything about it. And I continuously let this individual disrespect me in many different ways and did nothing about it, I feel like. I felt like in, in, for me, and I'm sure everybody has their own version of the story. I'm not. This is my perspective. But for me, I felt like I did nothing. I let this individual do certain things that I would ne- wouldn't let anybody else do. And there were reasons why I did let it go down. But those reasons, in hindsight, never justified letting somebody do the things that were causing me to feel less of who I was as an individual. And so I think maybe when I kind of detached from everybody, it was because I had to reconfirm who I was without any outside interference. And that's Mm -hmm. how I came back to, 
I, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't back to who I used to be, but that's how I became a newer version of myself. Right, right. And that's how I feel too. I just I feel like I became a newer version. The the hurt made me appreciate who I was with and what was happening during that time. I actually thank that person. Like I thank them via text, like, you know, thank you, you know, for the opportunity. Cause at this point, that's the only way I could take it. I said, thank you for the time, for the memories. And uh yeah, I guess this is where it ends. And for me, that was part of also getting like the happiness was like right at like it was like the light that's like shining and you see it right but and then but right before you take it, you're like I'm gonna pull back a little bit because it might not like this might not really be what it's all kinked up to be. And once I got the closure that I thought I needed, I took I put my hand to the light, bro, and I stepped. I fully stepped into who you're talking to today. I fully stepped into it, and I was like, I know what to do to get back. And I did. And that, it. That's that's a great <laughs> I did point, it, bro. Too, because yeah. It's like you'll have moments where you might feel like, oh, I'm coming back. And then you might be a little reserved because you're like, what does that mean? What does coming back mean? Because you know you're not coming back into what you were before. Yeah. And you're like, what does it mean when I come back if I truly step into this light? Am I going to like the version of myself that I'm trying to step into? Because am I over the pain and hurt? And then, like you said, that's when you realize you don't get over it, but you grow from it. It becomes a lesson. Right. It becomes an experience. You learn a yeah. lot. And this is one facet I think that a lot of people, when it, it has to do with hurt and pain from another individual, what you have to understand is that that hurt and pain, one, it, it doesn't define you. And right. that, like, you have to grow from it. You have to you have to stop just blaming that individual and being like, yo, this person was fucked up or it, it's all on them. I didn't do anything wrong. And you have to also look at some of the things that you may have done. That's not to say you take blame. Like if you're dealing with an abuser or you're dealing with somebody who's doing terrible things to you, it's not to say that you are to blame by evaluating yourself. But sometimes evaluating yourself allows you to know where you need to grow, where you need to to potentially in the future do something differently. It's not about bombasting yourself and saying, oh, you should have known or, oh, you shouldn't have done that. No, it's just about what can I do better in the future based off of said situation where maybe I needed to grow. And where that individual needed to grow, we probably can point that right. out pretty quickly. Okay, mm-hmm. this is where that person probably could have did this better or shouldn't have did that or all at all or was fucked up. But where was I? And for my for me, in my example, why would I let this individual do the things that I let them do? What what did I needed to what was it that I needed to learn? in terms of the future and not letting something like that happen again. And me and that individual are cool now. We're, we're yeah, fine. Right, we're right, great. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know? All, um, all across the board. All across the board. We're great. <laughs> yeah, all, yeah, all across the board, yeah. But it was a moment in time, and, and sometimes 
another piece of it is you have to realize that sometimes people are hurting too. And they don't know how to yeah. love and you might be coming at them with something that they're not used to. They're not able to receive. And right. that was the lesson for me is I couldn't force that person into a better space by just being a good individual in their life. Like, right. I had to realize that what I should have done back then was pull back and let that person be in the space that they were at and be there for them when they needed me, but not try to be there in all facets, in all facets of what I think they needed. Be there in the terms of uh, to show them that good lovers exist. Be there in the terms of being their best friend. Be there in the terms of when they needed to talk, when they were feeling down and out and depressed or whatever, to be the shoulder to cry on. Like, all of that is not what I was there for. So, in that in that capacity, that's where I feel like I messed up. Um, but, yeah, it's a lesson that we must learn sometimes. Uh, let's keep it going. Let's talk about Young Thug and Gunna. So, Young Thug and Gunna did some excellent work out here in these streets. Um, there's a whole clip about what they did going around. So, essentially, Young Thug and Gunner paid for the bail of 30 inmates who had minor offenses. Now, my question, especially for the listeners here, is is this what we consider to be the true power of hip-hop? Because hip-hop saving lives, to me, is what hip-hop was designed to do. Or that was part of the power of hip-hop. And it may be different now because what's happening is it's not just the music that's saving lives, but it's also now our young black men are being put in positions of power where they now have money that they can infuse back into their community. So in that capacity of things, I wonder if this is really the true power of hip hop. Shout out to Young Thug and Gunner for what they did. Truly amazing. I know Young Thug be doing some wacky shit. We all know how we got introduced to Young Thug and the craziness that was going on between him, Birdman, Lil Wayne, and all of that. But I think he's matured into a, a true staple of hip-hop. And I think that if we keeping it a stack, I know we spoke about his project earlier, but if we keeping it a stack, not only is he musically a mogul, but he's becoming one of the next ones up in terms of taking the mantle and building an empire. He has a lot of young artists under his wing. He has a lot of different things that he's been working on. And you got to give kudos when they're due. He still does some goofy shit. He was on IG not too long ago doing goofy shit. But you still got to give kudos when they're due. Before we get out of here... As Distinguish is working on some stuff, before we get out of here, let's talk a little bit about politics, and then we're going to circle back to a clip about marriage um, that our favorite couple, Devel and Kadeen, 
put out. So we're going to talk about that in a second. Um, but politics-wise, and hopefully Distinguished can jump in at some point during this conversation, but the Justice Department is looking into Louisville, the, the Louisville Police Department, after the Breonna Taylor incident. So the Justice Department, which is federal, is going to look into the Louisville um, Police Department because of the mismanagement of the Breonna Taylor case. And I'm sure there's other cases that they have in mind in terms of what they need to look into. I think that's a very important step um, in the right direction because these police departments need to fear somebody. And if it's going to be the federal government coming in and having to investigate how they're operating business, I don't know what's to come of that. I don't know what that means at the end of the day. But what I will say is that if we need to start cleaning up these departments through federal action, I'm all here for it. Like, I know Dr. Umar Johnson was on The Breakfast Club today, and he was asking what has Biden done for black people, and that clip has been circulating. Um, and I think that if you kind of just dig deeper into politics than surface level shit, you would see that a lot of the things Biden is no savior. Let's, let's get that. Let's put that on the plate first. <laughs> Biden is not a savior. No president is no president is going to sit here and save any community, let alone the black community. No one is going to go out of their way to save the black community. However, he has put a lot of things in place that ensure that the black voice is not only just heard a little bit more, but when the black voice is heard, action is to be made. So if you look at some of his cabinet picks, if you look at some of the people that he put in different positions, if you look at what his plans are in terms of federal judge judges and what may happen in terms of the Supreme Court and the judges he's lining up to be potential nominees for that, you understand that black people are being serviced. I know a lot of people have brought up like the Asian hate uh, situation and saying like, well, a bill passed through the house really quickly or executive order rather happened with Asian hate. Um, why hasn't that happened with black people and the there is a difference here because there are bills where they're trying to reform the whole system in the name of black people in the house and the senate and so an executive order only lasts a couple of months and an executive order can be appealed as soon as a new president comes in there's no real security to an executive order the things that they want to do for black people, they're trying to put on the books forever. And that's the difference. So when you talk about executive order and why hasn't he done an executive order and this, that, and the third, is because executive orders don't last, y'all. And we've been fighting this fight for 400 years. And that's what y'all don't understand is when y'all say, oh, well, we've been fighting for 400 years and the Asian people only been fighting for a year. That was Umar's bar today. The Asian people only been fighting for a year. And we've been fighting this fight for 400 years. 
and them only fighting for one year gets them an executive order, yeah, the executive order will be, if if he's out of office in four years, there go that executive order if niggas really want it to be gone. But there ain't no, <laughs> there ain't no appealing the, the George Floyd bill that they're putting through. There ain't no appealing the John Lewis bill that they're trying to put through. Yes, I agree 100% about the lynching bills, but again, those are going through Congress. And you got to understand, when things go through Congress, it's always going to be a, a, a situation. It's always going to be an up and down. So, you know what I mean? We, I'm not saying we have to be patient. We sure as hell don't. But I just encourage people to just learn the system, to learn how to criticize it appropriately, and get shit done appropriately. Sometimes when we criticize surface level things without the knowledge of how it operates or works we just we just look like we're throwing hot air out there when our criticisms are valid it's just not directed at the the right thing um and the final thing in the politics section Micaiah Bryant was killed maybe a couple of hours right before the, no, not a couple of hours, a couple of minutes before the George Floyd verdict. And a lot of people felt like we couldn't even enjoy the verdict because as soon as it happened, somebody else, and in this case, a young black teenage girl was murdered or killed at the hands of police. And so here we are again talking about police reform and in particular, what does that mean for black people? Now, again, for me, and this is only me, some people may not 100% agree with what I'm saying, but for me, this case is more about reforming the system than it is about demonizing the cop. In George Floyd, Chauvin was being a demon. This That was about the system and the cop. In this case, I do not see much value, me personally. Some people may disagree. But I do not see the value in demonizing the cop. If we need to talk about excessive force, then we need to talk about excessive force. We need to talk about what that means. Because under the law of policing, that wouldn't have been considered excessive force. As common people, we look at that and we say, and mind you, we, we have more information than the people that were involved in the moment that they were involved. But we look at that, and me included, and say, there's no way in hell a 16-year-old should lose their life because they got enthralled in the middle of a fight um, and police were called to defuse that situation and rectify that situation. And at the end of it, the way they rectified it was one teenager dies. I don't think any of us agree with that. I don't think any of us want 
to see that happen moving forward. But under what policing would say, that officer moved according to the handbook in terms of he saw what he deemed to be deadly force about to be used against another individual, and so he had the ability to use deadly force to stop that. Now, there's a debate about whether he should use a taser or not. I can't necessarily say one way or the other. What I will say is going into that situation and pulling your gun automatically means that you have to use your gun. And there's an issue there. There's a problem there. Because you knock, if you pull out a taser and you see her about to use to swing a knife, then you shoot the taser. It's already in your hand. But you came out the car with a gun. And you pulled your gun. And now your only option is deadly force. You don't have any other option. And there's, there's an issue with that. I don't know what information was given to that officer before he got there, but maybe if he wasn't, maybe he should have been informed that, hey, this is a fight between teenagers, ages 16, ages this, ages that. And maybe he might have heard that and didn't care. And if that's what happened, then, yeah, there's an issue with him as well. But from what I saw, the problem was he pulled his gun first as a means to defuse. And that says a lot about policing and what needs to change. And it's still in line with the systemic racism and all of those things. But, again, I think sometimes it helps us to parcel out things and not generalize and group everything together because sometimes we lose our voice in that. This situation is a tragic situation. Things were done wrong and illegitimately in the sense of there could have been a better way to handle it. But there are also nuances that we have to be accountable for. And one of the things that a lot of people are saying, and I, we have to call a buck a buck and a spade a spade, Why were the adults just standing there watching this happen? We got to start there. We can't just, we can't go straight to the cop in this one, y'all. Like, that's my only point. We can't go straight to the cop. The cop is going to say that he is justified and the system is going to back that. And there's not much that we can attack there. Besides maybe saying that the whole system needs an overhaul in terms of when a cop should use obsessive force, what we deem to be obsessive force. Other than that, he's actually in the letter of the law of his duty. He didn't go outside of that. And that's my only point. He did not go outside of it. Many people point to other videos where they see white people get away with it or trying to stab. And I understand that. I'm there with y'all. There is a discrepancy in how cops deal with black bodies. We know that. But we're fighting a battle that we cannot win when we look at a cop who is using deadly force in a situation where he sees somebody else about to use what he considers deadly force, and we all can see is deadly force. We're going to lose that battle saying that he was wrong for that. 
we can bring in the other aspects of history to to attack the system 100%. Because the system tells white cops that if you go into a space and there's black bodies, you don't got to be careful. You don't got to be careful at all. We know that. That aspect of it, we know we are not going to fight that. We're not going to battle that like that. That is not what I'm here to do. But in the same breath, we've jumped to that and not look at the adults that were there that didn't do anything to stop this from getting as far as it got. And yes, they called the cops, but Somebody should have got these young girls and dragged one of them back in the house until the cops came. Something. Something. And so that that that's that's the tragedy, I think. The, the young girl losing her life is a tragedy. Makaya Bryant losing her life is an extreme tragedy, 100%. RIP to that young lady. But as a community, we have to kind of start doing a little bit better. That's all. That's all. Policing needs to be reformed 100%. White cops need to start looking at black bodies and not seeing things that can be discarded and or treated as if whatever. Uh, uh, there is a theory that there's a perception that black bodies can take a lot more pain and damage and hurt than any other body. And sorry, white people, but every fucking day, y'all prove that to be true. Because you you seen the cops seen a bunch of black women and instantly grabbed the gun. And yes, maybe he saw the knife and he was trying to go by training and, oh, my God, the knife is deadly force, whatever have you. But this is where when people compare videos, this is where that comes into play. Because we've seen a lot of videos of people with AKs getting taken in. We've seen a lot of videos of people getting attacked by knives and this, that, and the third. Like, we've seen it. We've seen it. So there's a narrative to be had about white cops, cops in general, and how they treat black bodies. But there, there are multiple narratives here, and I think that's, that's one of the points. There's a, there's a narrative about community that we must, we must have a conversation about. There's a narrative about white cops and how they treat black bodies. And there is a narrative here about the whole fucking system and that needing reform. And when we parcel these things out, that's how we get to a space where we really, truly start to see some type of change. Again, RIP to that young lady. It's it's super tragic. Really hard to even talk about, to be honest, but had to be said. All right, let's get into this fucking marriage conversation, and then we're going to wrap up. This thing which is still having a little bit of technical difficulty for those who wonder where his amazing voice has gone. Um, But we're going to wrap this up, and hopefully our previous conversation (laughs) is still there. 
Because <laughs> I'm at to slap somebody's mama if it's not. But um, hopefully that shit is there. And let's get to the end of the fucking road. Let me pull up this clip. And uh, yeah, let's see what happens uh, regarding this conversation. So these urges that come, mm-hmm. I have to share them with the let's, one person let's, let's I pull decide this. to spend the rest of my life Let's pull with. this back. Not allowed, <laughs> based on our marriage laws and uh-huh. the, the contract we've signed with each other, right. to have sex with anybody else. Right. So these urges that come, mm-hmm. I have to share them with the one person I decide to spend the rest of my life with. Right. So that, that brings me back to my, my, my soundbite. Okay. Right? I don't understand, and this is what we can discuss, mm-hmm. as a woman, because I don't... I don't want to say it's a man versus woman thing, but a lot of women do complain. Oh, my husband's always on me. Why? Okay, let me stop right there. Now, I know Distinguished sent me this, and I'm just going to hypothesize that he might have been agreeing with Homeboy just a little bit, (laughs) just because I know my friend. So we're going to take the perspective that he might be agreeing with this nigga. All right? Here's my perspective. I don't understand why, well, one, I totally disagree that, like, there's this unbalanced thing where men want sex more than women. I think that is a myth. And I think that there are a couple of things that are going on, and one of them, I've just got to break some niggas' hearts real quick. The reason why the women that you're dealing with don't want to have more sex with you or consistently have sex with you is because you give bad sex. It's not fun. It's not an experience that they enjoy doing. And so they don't want to do it as often as you want them to. And that is a reality that some men have to face. It it, it really is. Your sexual, whatever sexual experience you're having with this person, you may not be pleasing them. You may be selfish. You might be a selfish lover. I don't know. But a lot of women complain about the sexual experiences that they have. And they're not going to tell their partners. A lot of women don't tell their partners. And so when you start to see that your girl doesn't want to have sex as often Sometimes, I'm not saying all the time, sometimes it has to do with the fact that the sexual experience that they are receiving is not one that they desire to have often. It might actually feel like a chore to them because it's not fun. It's not something that they enjoy. So that's one. The second thing is I don't understand why we're equating marriage to sex. Like, I don't. I'm not marrying you for sex. If that's the case, we starting off on the wrong fucking foot. I'm marrying you for companionship first and foremost. And that companionship would be, I'm planning to spend the rest of my life with you. That companionship isn't, I plan to fuck you uh, all day, every day. And that's why we getting married. So I, I'm, I was already a little confused as to the starting point of this conversation. But nonetheless... We're going to continue. 
boys on me. Mm -hmm. If sex is going to be a chore for you that you don't really want to do, why do women constantly push monogamy on men? If you know that you don't want to have to deal with him all the time just wanting you, mm -hmm. why do you push monogamy on men? So we're going to stop there. Why do you push monogamy on men? I don't think women exclusively own the rights to monogamy. I think men push monogamy on women too. I think men tend to want monogamy but then don't want it. I think men will not want to see their woman dealing with anybody else but then want to go out there and fuck whatever they want to fuck. That's one. And again, I'm still confused as to why we're talking about men or women forcing monogamy as if, like, that's exclusively a woman thing. But let's run with the narrative. Um, wanting to be with someone in a relationship one-on-one -on -one as a choice doesn't necessarily mean that this just this narrative that the woman doesn't want to have sex and then the man always wants to have sex and why do you want a man to be with you one-on-one -on -one if you know he's always going to want to have sex and you can't match that? That sounds more like a compatibility issue. That sounds like they're not compatible sexually. And maybe that means he wants to have more sex than her. Or maybe that means secretly and she ain't telling the brother his sex game is whack. <laughs> the vel, I'm sorry. I fucks with y'all. I really do. I like y'all. But what you're putting forward makes me question maybe your sex game ain't it. Almost ended my whole career over this shit. You know what I mean? It might <laughs> that might be the case. I don't know. But it makes me question that. And I'm sure the good brother distinguished has a whole nother perspective, but y'all stuck with me for the moment. Anything on anybody. Like, well, we know that people, you pushed monogamy on me. I pushed monogamy. I forced you to get married to me. Time out. I didn't say you forced me to get married, but did you not say to me that you wanted to be engaged and you wanted to be married before you lived with me? You I didn't want, say that? I want a billion dollars. That don't mean I'm going to get it. I but, can want but something, but not... I didn't like this part portion of the conversation, to be honest, um, because it seemed like he he, he says she's dodging the question. If y'all have listened to this, he says she's dodging the question, but he's actually dodging the response that she's giving him. He said that she forced him into monogamy. And she says. How did I force you into monogamy? I told you what I wanted. You didn't have to do what I want. You don't have to do what I want. If you don't want to be monogamous, if you don't want to be with me, if you don't want to get married, you don't have to get married. So if I'm saying this is what I want, I'd like to get married, and I want to be together one-on-one, -on -one, and that is not what you want, you don't got to do it. And I think that is where a lot of us men go wrong, honestly and truly. I feel like we go wrong here because... We tend to go into, oh, shit, I don't want to lose her, but I also don't want this. 
You got to pick one or the other. You either have to full-fledged, full-heartedly commit to what it is that is being presented to you, or you got to let her go and look for what you want. And that's one thing that I do respect about our conversations on this show about polygamy or polyamory is that when Distinguished talks about polyamory, he's talking about the fact of what he wants at this current moment. He's going to be transparent with the people that he is involved with. And if they decide that they want to, you know what I mean, go into it with him, then they go into it with him. He's at least being upfront with the people and upfront with himself as to what he wants and how that is going to be presented and how that's going to work. Right now, you're dodging the question. Nobody pressed you to, to do it. Yes, is that something I wanted? Yes, it was. But you didn't press me. To, are you going to lie now so to the people because we're talking about sex? Deval, you're going to lie now to the people? Deval. Knowing Kanin, you didn't want monogamy? Of course I did. So then why are you avoiding the question? That's not avoiding the question. I'm saying, does that mean because I want it and I requested that, that you were going to deliver it? Like, nobody pressed you for that. Tell me, you just said you wanted it and requested it. Do you not hear yourself? I can make a request. Is the request going to be granted? Am I That's not, up to am you, I, bro. Am I not granting you monogamy? You are granting it to so, me. So this is my question. Look this at is my question. Always. Look at this. Look at, look at your boy. Look at your boy. This is my question. If you wanted monogamy. Okay. Why would you want monogamy if monogamy if if sex is a chore for you? That's the question. You're avoiding the question. I'm not avoiding the question, but at first you said men, women or or in general me specifically are pushing monogamy on somebody. Okay, yes, that's something that I wanted, but I didn't press you for it and be like, "Devalue my whole gun to time your out. head to propose to so me." Time out. Do also, women... also okay. let me finish. Also, I don't feel like I was adequately prepared. For marriage. And I've said that before because if I knew that marriage and monogamy was going to involve me trying to meet you where you were at sexually for years to come, then I probably would have reevaluated it if I wanted to be monogamous anyway. So that's fair, but we're not even, even talking about marriage. Let's even talk about dating, right? Okay. Two people are dating. Typically in society. Well, I'm just with a dip, though. For exclusivity first, a woman or a man? I would say a woman. Thank you. That was my whole point. See, you were going all over the place. If women typically asks for exclusivity first then when they get so the logic here for me is a little flawed the logic here is a little flawed yes women typically do ask for exclusivity uh, in my experience in my experience um more but the reason the reasoning can vary it's it's not i don't i don't know what what the where the logic is going with this one. Someone can ask for exclusivity because they know what they want. Someone can ask for exclusivity because they don't feel like wasting any more time. They feel like they've gathered enough information to be with that person or not. And they want to know what they're doing. Nobody wants to stay in a gray space forever, men or women. You kind of want to know what you're doing. And sometimes it's being transparent. I think, if a man isn't transparent, that's where we end up in this space where they don't know what's cooking, da 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 this, that, and the third. You aren't being transparent with your partner that you don't want to be in a monogamous relationship. That's what it sounds like to me. If you want to have sex with other people or, or if your relationship is based off sex and sex alone, then maybe you don't need to be in a relationship. 
And I feel like he's downplaying it. Like, first of all, he's minimalizing relationships to sex and making it seem like if you don't want to have sex, then you you shouldn't want to have a relationship with somebody. And that, to me, is a little off kilter. Um, what, what I'm also understanding him to be saying is, if I'm not being as critical, is that sex is an important part of a relationship. And if you're not willing to engage in that, then why do we need to be in a relationship? If the sex is a chore for you, and if you know this before committing to a relationship or a marriage, if you know that, that you're not compatible sexually with this individual, why get into that commitment or why ask for that commitment? And if he's asking that, that is understandable. But then that needs to be a private conversation between him and his wife. Honestly, that's what it sounds like. Exclusivity, say, he always on me. He always want to have sex. Why are we asking men for exclusivity if we do not want to participate in sex at the same level as men? We have to think about what I, that does to a I man. Okay, Kevin I don't Samuels. Think that that's being, that, that conversation is being had. Okay, I agree. And that part I agree with, yes. That women are typically the ones that will ask for the exclusivity. I get that, yes. But what I'm saying is, me as a woman... I don't think that I was necessarily prepared or in the mindset to know that. It's almost like once you get into it, then you're like, oh, shoot, like this is what I'm going to have to keep up with. I get that. Us speaking as 36-year-old people know that now. Had I known that at 26, I, get that. I would have to contend with that, even that. in the dating realm. Then it might have been something I would have reevaluated. So now let's go back to what you asked me. You said to me you never pressured me to get married. In 2007, we were living together, right? You said you no longer wanted to live with me and shack up with me because mm-hmm. you wanted to be my wife, not my girlfriend. Right, because I wanted to know where that the relationship was like going. That don't sound like pressure to you? It sounds like me voicing where I see my life going. It, it sounds like me saying this is what I would like. You can decide to meet me there. If not, we can reevaluate what exactly we're doing. Okay. Additionally, would I call it pressure per se? Not necessarily pressure. Eh. Eh. Mm. Now, this is a very... To me, this is an integral part of the conversation because I think a lot of a lot of men would feel like he feels and a lot of women would feel like she feels. I think that oftentimes women present men with a straightforward, straight-up feeling of what it is that they want, and men see it as pressure because it's not necessarily what they're giving. So if a woman is telling you, hey, we've been living together for six years. We've been dating for six years. I think that I want to be married soon. So if you're not willing to provide me with marriage, then we need to figure out what we're doing. That's not really pressure if you just break it down as to what's being requested or asked. Do you want to continue with me? If you do, what are your plans regarding marriage? Because if it's not to marry me, then maybe it isn't me that you want to continue with. That's just being real. I think a lot of times us men, we don't take a real straight up blunt response from a woman and respect it as such. She just kept it real if if I'm hearing it correctly. I want to be married. Do you want to be married or not? 
If you're saying, nah, I don't want to be married, then go, we could be cool, go about your way. I didn't hear in that she said we need to be married by two months from now, and if we're not, then F you. I heard her say, we're 26, we've been dating for a while, we're living together, and I want to know what's up. Are we going to get married or not? It is, it is pressure. But you don't want to say it's pressure. What about being you engaged? You might have felt pressure. What about there being no engaged? Behind it. I said, we don't got to rush to get married. You said, I don't want to be engaged longer than a year. Is that not pressure? That's pressure. That's me voicing <laughs> my opinion about it. <laughs> Sounds like pressure to me. Now, I got to disagree. That's pressure. Because once you put the timestamp in the ultimatum, it then becomes pressure. You're voicing an opinion if it's solely like, hey, this is what I, I'm looking for. Um, where are we with that? But if you say, like I said, I had put the timestamp of two months, but if she's saying I need, I don't want to be engaged more than a year, that is pressure. Because in within that year, a whole bunch of different things could happen. And in that time frame, shit could change dramatically. Financially, uh, emotionally, somebody may pass away. Like That would feel like pressure to me. So I would agree with him that in that instance, that would be pressure. Only because the ultimatum is attached to a time frame. And it's like a ticking time bomb at that point. So, of course, in a ticking time bomb situation, every day that goes by, you're feeling more and more like you're getting closer to this woman might leave me if I don't truly feel like I want to get married yet. And that should only happen if you truly want to do it. My opinion. So you say you want to be engaged. I get engaged. You say you want to be married within a year. We do that. We get married. Then you make it seem like like sex is a chore to your husband. Once again, I ask the question, why do women who push forth monogamy on the man they're dating then get overwhelmed when that man who tries to provide that monogamy to you, why do you get upset when we're trying to be what you want us to be? You don't want me to be with no one else, right? Right? I'm asking. This is a serious right. question. Yes, absolutely. You don't want me to be with no one else. Absolutely. So if I decide that all this testosterone I have, I want to give to you, why is this so overwhelming now? This is what you asked for. Again, 26 and 27-year-old Kadeen uh-huh. was like, okay, here's the natural succession of life. You graduate. You're working. So she- you meet somebody. You guys are... You want children. Yes. I want children. Yes. We don't want to wait too long or too late to have children. Yes. Though now a lot of people are waiting until their 30s to have yes. children. And I understand why. And we, and we, at that time, felt like, well, we're doing everything in this natural succession that the forces that be have given us this timeline. However, I did not realize that after having children, after you know career changes, all of the turbulences that we've been through in life, that that was going to have a direct effect on my sex drive. I feel like she focused a lot on on the sex drive in the context of his question, and that's a little weird to me. Um, 
I don't think women push monogamy and then expect or not expect sex to change this, that, and the third. These seem like two different things that live in two different spaces. It sounds like their sexual compatibility was always and is and is in that clip at least something that just wasn't working. Why you marry somebody is beyond just if you're sexually compatible with them. I would presume. Um so that's just one facet of the marriage. Women are not asking you to be monogamous to not live up to your sexual expectations. You married an individual that does not live up to your sexual expectations. And so you have to come to the conclusion as to what that means for you. Either you really fuck with them and that doesn't bother you or it does bother you and you have a conversation with that individual and then they either relationships are a tug a tug of war you tug you pull you tug you pull so it's either she says you know what i am 